shared a hairbrush and their husbands had a coke and they were taken up the crump to meet with their kinfolk. Everybody's got their cousin in Miami. Everybody understands the impromptu. Dancing in the heat to the beat that turns your clothing clammy. Everybody needs to have a dream come true. In a third Hello and welcome to episode so 131 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? I'm doing good, Mark. I think this is the earliest we've ever recorded like this, so I'm glad you guys are bearing with or with us at least, and uh, the Jays are coming off a sweep as well, something that is the best case scenario to uh, end off the road trip. Yeah, and it feels like we just talked to each other a couple days ago, because we did. It's only a two-game series, but we'd do anything to get a podcast out. How are you, Jacob? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, it's an early morning today, but uh, if the Blue Jays are winning, I'll take it. You know, It's a little bit of extra adrenaline whenever the team's uh, doing well. Yeah, four-game win streak. The first four-game win streak of the season, and I think that's probably the most shocking part of the Blue Jays' latest run, is the fact that they haven't been able to put together a stretch of this much consistent winning previously this season. I I don't know. It seems pretty shocking for a team that, yes, they've had their struggles, but yes, they are pretty good. They have a very good offense. The bullpen isn't always there, but at the start of the season it was, and it it's really shocking to me when you look up the numbers and this is the first four-game win streak they've had all season. Now, has the offense been there totally? No. You look at the last two games, they win one, two to one. They win the other one, three to one against the Marlins, but the Marlins are a very good pitching team. So it's surprising, but it's definitely encouraging that we're finally getting to that point where the Blue Jays seem to finally be putting things together consistently. I'll just say this. In 2015, at the deadline, the Blue Jays made some moves and went on an 11-game win streak. Obviously, it's not the trade deadline, but the Blue Jays internally made some moves, brought some guys up. We'll see what happens. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the series, it was a tough series. I will say this. Miami is not a very good hitting team. And if the Blue Jays want to continue this win streak, want to go past Baltimore, keep winning, they're going to need to string together some more hits and some more runs because it's just... I mean, two to one, three to one. Yes, it gets the job done, but one wrong move, like look at those Yankee games. One wrong pitch is a, it's it goes from a two to one game to a three to two game, and then they end up losing. But either way, I thought it was a good series, especially for the pitching. You look at in both games, the three pitchers or the three relievers were used, where Chatwood, Meza, and Romano, those were the only three used, and then Stripling and Robbie Ray pitched. Both of them were very good, and all three of those relievers actually had scoreless outings. Which, I mean, for Tyler Chatwood, that's now a bunch of consecutive outings. I think four or five now where he's been very good, especially considering he's he struggled heavily, heavily throughout May and throughout June. Where he, There were times where he literally couldn't even throw a strike, and now he's throwing cons- uh, consistently pretty good outings. And, you know, I think I'm impressed by that. It's good because, I mean, obviously the Blue Jays needed him, and he was somebody with uh, an ERA less than one that they were relying on this season. To have him back to somewhat of his of his pre-struggle form, I think that's definitely good. Uh, and, I mean, obviously the big news is that George Springer came back, didn't really have too much of a series. He was 0-4 for 4 in the first game and then 0-3 for 3 with a walk in the second game. But to anybody that's panicking, don't, like, at all. 
Blue Jays have him for five more years, and it's just two games. And, I mean, he played four games last time. He had three hits in those four games before he went on the IL again, and he had three home runs, or two home runs, rather. But, yeah, like it, it overall was a very good series. Nice to see them get on a roll. We've seen the schedule kind of ease up on them. They took a series from the Orioles. They they lost the first game 1-2, come back, sweep this series, and now they got four against Baltimore starting tonight. So if you're the Blue Jays, this is the perfect opportunity to gain some momentum, especially with your relievers. They're starting to gain some confidence. All you need now is the offense to, to wake up a, a little bit. Not wake up, but kind of come around and see what they can do against the Orioles but yeah this is it's a very good I think ending to June so far and who knows maybe July could be a little bit better than we were anticipating coming into the month yeah this was a perfect way to end the road trip like I mentioned right off the top um two interesting games just because of how guys what you guys mentioned of how low scoring it has been it was two to one and then uh it was three to one so I mean they obviously really good for the Jays they Coming off of a series over uh, Baltimore, you know, it started off, or sorry, it ended off good after starting off bad. But yeah, you know, you go back to both games, and um, obviously not much you can talk about offensively other than George Springer is back, and uh, obviously going to get him a few games to get going. But it's good to see that he's back, and the Jays also now haven't, they still haven't even shown their complete lineup yet, because obviously uh, Miami, there's no DH, so you're still... You know, guys like uh, Gurriel had to sit out in Game 2, and then in Game 1, uh, Gritchick was the one that sat out. So you're still not really showing off your entire lineup. We're going to get it a sense of it tonight when they begin a four-game, uh, uh, what do you call it, a four-game series over against Baltimore, and then a 10-game homestand over the course of the next couple of weeks as we head into July as well. So that's going to be good, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how or how good the lineup does look on paper. I know we're already with Springer batting five. Who knows how long it'll last. It looks pretty complete and pretty deep right now. So when you're going to have him and then obviously a DH, when you get to include Gurriel and Grichik at the same time, as well as Hernandez, uh, it's going to be good. And um, I'm, I'm happy too because of the fact is, I know you guys were mentioning how offensively obviously it wasn't the greatest. You're obviously one bad mistake away from possibly blowing the game. But on the bright side of it, they didn't blow the games, and uh, they held they held on to both of them. So that includes, yes, uh, a couple good appearances from Tyler Chatwood continue to happen. Perhaps he is over the hump, but he's quickly turning back into one of the reliable arms in the bullpen for now. Hopefully he can maintain this because that's how we started the season off, so you hope he can maintain it. Tim Mesa as well has been kind of heavily relied on as one of the only guys in the bullpen now who are lefties. And Jordan Romano comes in uh, in game one. He gets the save. So, And then, of course, uh, yesterday as well, he gets the save. So that's back-to-back games uh, with the save for Jordan Romano. And, um, you know, go- transitioning as well into game two, it was another scoreless appearance from Tyler Chatwood as well. And then starting pitching-wise over the course of the series, you had uh, you had Ross Stripling have a good start, who continues to pitch well. And Robbie Ray, again, turning into well, obviously one of the top uh, arms on this team if he is or if he hasn't already, and uh, he continues to impress. He went six innings, one earned run, six strikeouts, and his ERA is now down to 335. So that's always good to see. And um, I know we can't talk about too much offensively. And the the other thing that impresses me, it always impresses me, I say this many times on this podcast, is when they win without the home run, I just get more... Um, I just It feels better for me because of obviously how important the home run ball is. The Jays found ways to win without doing that and they found ways to win with only scoring five runs in two games so 
And on the other side of that, you only allowed two runs combined in the two games. So definitely a successful series for the pitching, a great way to end the road trip. And like I mentioned, now you have a 10-game homestand and you get another crack at it with the Baltimore Orioles, with which is uh, with four games over the course of the weekend at a now expanded Salem Field at 100% capacity. So that'll be good as well. Obviously, a little th- other little things that we're going to touch on that came uh, throughout the series. But either way, I'm really happy with how this road trip ended. The Jays are now two games above 500, and they got to keep building and keep taking that next step as they try to get back into it in terms of the division and in terms of the wild card race. Yeah, and I mentioned Miami as one of the best pitching staffs in the league. They were talking about it during the series on the broadcast, and I forget the stat exactly, but I think it's that the Marlins have the third best starting rotation ERA either in the National League or in baseball. Um, And if things continue the way they continue right now, um, they'll be the first team with a top three starting rotation ERA without making it to the postseason since the 2014 Cincinnati Reds. So that kind of gives you an idea of how good the Marlins pitching is and the fact that, you know, this isn't just the Blue Jays offense. We've seen a lot of Blue Jays games where it seems like it's totally just the offense's fault. Like, I go back to that game against Matt Harvey in the Orioles series. Like, there was no reason for the Blue Jays not to beat up on him, and yet it was scoreless for Toronto through the first three, four innings, and they ended up only getting only, but getting four runs off him when like he had given up five runs in his last seven starts or something like that. So it was good to see that. And even against someone like Trevor Rogers, who hadn't given up more than three earned runs in a start, I think 14 starts in a row, the Blue Jays got three runs off of. So it was good to see that, and I'm not totally worried about the offense. Um, you mentioned George Springer coming back, eight plate appearances, seven at-bats. He walked once, and that was all he did offensively. Um I mean, I don't think anyone is concerned about what Springer is right now. He's just coming off 44 days on the injured list. Like, it's going to take some time to get him going. That's why he's batting fifth. That's why the Blue Jays made that decision. That's totally all right. There's other guys in this offense who can do it for them before Springer is ready to go. So, I'm not concerned about that at all. What is your uh, your guys' level of concern on that? I would say zero, honestly. It just... Like, at the end of the day, George Springer has a proven track record with the Astros, and unless he literally does a 180 and is is just the opposite of that, then he'll still be a very good player. And he, he's been an above-average player. He's been the, the Astros' leadoff hitter. He's been an all-star. He's a World Series MVP. Like, the list goes on, and he's he's not somebody that I'm overly concerned about. And also, the Blue Jays signed him for six years. Like, injuries, yes, kind of got in the way of half of the first year and let's hope that doesn't impact his season too much going forward but considering that they 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 locked him up so long term I'm, I'm not really worried I, this is just it's growing pains I mean look at Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He was hitting under 200 for like the first month of the season and he's finally getting it going you look at all these guys that they just had slow starts like Springer's slow start just happens to be in June and it's just even if it takes him a month I'm still not overly concerned. Like he'll be back to his regular form, and who knows? At the end of the day, when the Blue Jays need him, hopefully in August and September, in a in a either a wild card or a pennant race, or in October in the playoffs, he'll be back to form. So I'm not worried. At least like he only got on base one time with a walk, but still, like a lot of his uh, like he I don't think he struck out at all in the series. If I'm 
not mistaken, yeah, he didn't sh- he did not strike out once, so he's making contact. He's still getting the ball, putting it in play. So all he's got to do is just work on where the ball goes and and if or to the degree that he can control that. But uh, yeah, like this isn't something that I think we should be worried about and it's just it's a I guess something that people want to look into and say well Springer didn't get a hit but come on guys like let's all I think we everybody should I just I guess just relax go into the Baltimore series he's going to most likely play all four games I I don't see why he doesn't but he'll he'll get going he'll get some hits in that series and especially considering look what he did when he first came off the IL three hits two of them were home runs this guy will be good and uh, it's just it's it doesn't really make sense to, uh, to to me to worry about it because like he'll be back to form. It's just it's going to take him a little bit of time, especially considering you missed what the first or sixty, I think sixty six of the first seventy games or whatever it was. But it, like this is just somebody that needs time to to regroup himself, and it's it's not really of concern. I have to say, if he takes a month to get back to what we expect him to be, I'll be a little bit concerned at that point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a month is a little much. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I hope he doesn't take a month, but like I, I, even if it did take three ish weeks, three to four weeks, I'd be like, yeah, okay. It's kind of getting to that point, but it's, it still wouldn't, I, I don't think it would worry me like a ton. Uh, if it went further than that, yeah, I'd say, okay, what's going on here? But if it's just a month or or if it's only a couple weeks or a couple games, then I think the word, then Blue Jays fans should be happy. Zero percent. Next. Currently, yeah. <laughs> but like like we like not, Jacob like, said, like how yeah. long will it take for you to be concerned about his offensive production? That's a tough like you guys mentioned the injured stints, both of it. It could like I wouldn't be surprised if it takes up to a month. I don't know. I I maybe not, maybe less than a month. I just his presence um, I guess how much he's important he's been in the dugout, everything like that. Him in the field now, there he's obviously more complete than he was when he first came back. I'm happy about that. That's step one for me that he's playing actually whole games in the in the outfield, especially two games now in the National League Park. A lot of people were wondering would the Jays wait until Thursday because the DH is back. I'm sure he's going to DH a few times this weekend, but either way, no matter how long it takes him, um, I'm not ex- you know I'm probably going to say within a couple weeks not even i i think he's gonna get going quick i just i i don't think it's gonna take up to a month but if it gets up to a month you maybe start scratching your head a bit but i i think it'll take less than a month yeah i think if it takes two weeks like the two week point is where i'm gonna start getting yeah i don't know if concern's the right word but frustrated like we are paying this guy 150 million dollars i do want to see him produce um but Yeah, uh, in other news that happened this week since we last recorded, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. said he would not be competing in the Home Run Derby in Colorado um, this July, which, I mean, personally, I love the Home Run Derby. For me, it's like my favorite day on the baseball calendar. It is just so much pure fun to watch it go down, and we know Shohei Otani is going to be competing this year. We know Pete Alonso is going to be trying to defend his 2019 Home Run Derby Championship. So I'm really bummed out that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. said he wouldn't be competing, but I think it's probably a very mature decision by him. Um, You look at his reasoning, he says he wants time to rest. He wants time to recharge after a stressful first half. And honestly, from what he's been through, from what he's doing, I'm not going to knock any decision he makes because 
obviously it's hard to do much better than he's doing right now. So I'm disappointed by the decision because I love the home run derby so much, but I think it's a very mature decision for him to make. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the home run derby, I mean, I have, I like it. I don't think I like it as much as you do, Mark. So I think you're <laughs> bummed out more than I am, but a lot of people weren't, I mean, a lot of people supported his decision and I think, um, I think everyone understands why he did, you know, it's just the part where I get disappointed the part where I get disappointed is where, you know, you have all these names that are expected to or, you know, invited to compete. You know, the potential it had, like, I mean, just like, first of all, you have Shohei Otani, who's confirmed, Pete Alonso, who's confirmed. And then you have guys like Tati, Sakunya, among other names that are, I guess, rumored to be in it. They haven't officially said yes or no. And then, of course, you had Vladdy. It's just the home run derby it could have been. And it still can be a very successful one because of all these names that you still have. But, you know, just the fact that Vladdy would be doing it for a second time, um, it would have been really exciting to watch. But either way, I support the decision like you guys mentioned. I agree with it in a way. I mean, a lot. there's a whole, you know, argument that people make all the time that the home run derby messes up your swing or something like that. So... Regardless if it's true or not, maybe it's just. People I don't believe it. A myth. It could BS. be a myth. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like it's pretty similar to batting practice. So except you're obviously just trying to hit home runs, but it just had the potential to be such a good one. It still does, but you know that's the only part where I get disappointed as a fan, just because you wanted to see all these guys competing uh, for the home run derby, but you still have a good derby ahead of you. Um, I mean, I I assume still. I mean, we're still waiting on a couple guys to. Um, I guess make a decision on that, but either way, um, he'll still, I guess, be playing in the actual all-star game and he does get to recharge for the second half of the season. And the most important thing right now is the team making the playoffs. So if that's, what's going to take Vladdy to recharge and continue to lead the way throughout the second half of the season, then I'll take that any day of the week. Mm -hmm. I mean, as cool as it would have been to potentially see Vladdy senior pitch to Vladdy junior, it's at the end of the day, day, it's the, the right decision. The right decision is made. I mean, I, I, it is Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s decision at the end of the day. And if he feels as if not participating in the Home Run Derby is the best decision for him, then I think uh, we all just kind of have to respect it. It would have been nice to see it. Like I said, I, it would have been cool. But I'll be honest, I really don't. Uh, like, I know, Mark, you love the Home Run Derby. But I, to me, I, I it's just something that I sit back and relax and watch. Like, it's... I'm not like super into it's it. It's so much fun, I, especially it, no, in it, Colorado. I, just yeah, imagine that. It, I know. I, I'm excited for it. It's just it, it's not something that like I'm like pinpointing the date and, and like hyper like fixated on it. I, I think it'll be cool. It's just I'm not uh, overly hyped for it. I guess is the best word as the the kids would say. But it's like it, <laughs> I, I'm just at the end of the day, like well, well let him recharge and I've seen a few people say they'd rather an MVP trophy than a home run derby trophy or maybe a world series trophy instead of that now I don't know I like at the end of the day if 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 Laddie thinks that this is the best decision for him and missing out on one of the days and playing in the all-star game is the best decision then as much as it kind of is unfortunate to not have that Blue Jay representation it's it's it, it is what it is it, it it's not something that I'm I guess too upset about like it would have been nice but it I respect the decision yeah I just keep thinking about Colorado like 
There's going to be, we're going to be watching Shohei Otani hit like 550 foot bombs. And I just wish Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could be there. It would make it so much better. But yeah, it's it's a very mature decision by him. So um, the last thing we want to talk about today in our short episode, um, as we only have a two-game series to talk about, is Alec Manoa and Charlie Montoyo's suspension. So of course, we talked about it last episode, but they got into it with Baltimore. Major League Baseball says that Alec Manoa threw intentionally at the Orioles, and Manoa has been suspended for five games, Charlie Montoyo for one. Manoa is appealing his suspension, so we'll see what happens there. Normally, I feel like suspensions don't change. If anything, it'll be reduced to like four games, but it'll stick around. And then Montoyo has served his suspension. We saw it in the first game of that Miami series with John Schneider serving as manager instead of Montoyo. Um, It seems pretty ridiculous that... Manoa would get a suspension for this. I think pretty much everyone realizes it wasn't intentional. It seems like a 90% chance it wasn't intentional. Look, the guy just gave up two home runs. Like, he's obviously struggling with command. I think he's smart enough and mature enough and self-aware enough to realize that hitting a guy when you're struggling, when you've given up two home runs in the same inning is not the path to success in the majors. I think he realizes that more than anyone, and he's not going to hit someone intentionally there. I, To me, it's baffling that he's being suspended, and even if he had hit that batter intentionally, in most situations, umpires won't throw the pitcher out. In most situations, you won't get suspended. So to me, it's ridiculous that Major League Baseball would do this. Am I surprised? Maybe not. You know, MLB does... All kinds of weird things we saw it this week uh, with, you know, Sergio Romo, Max Scherzer stripping on the mound. Um, but it's it's ridiculous. It wasn't intentional. If you legitimately think a rookie is going to throw at major league hitters because he is getting rocked in a start, then that umpire, whoever thought that is a clown. Like, I'm, I'm just going to say that it, it was not intentional at all. And even if it was, there were zero warnings put into play previously. So it's, I know umpires do have the discretion to throw somebody out if they believe it was intentional, but it it, it wasn't the right decision. If there was a warning, then I would understand it. You kind of have to throw them out, but not the right decision. And it is what it is. But the one thing that is interesting is Charlie Montoya served his suspension in the first game of the Miami series. John Schneider was the manager. He's back. But Alec Manoa is appealing, meaning he technically can play. So he's going to pitch. He's scheduled to pitch in the second game of the Baltimore series. I wouldn't be surprised if after that game, you see him withdraw his appeal, serve his five games, and then come back after those games and make a start. Because I I believe it was the first game after, or the first Blue Jay Central after the suspension was announced. And Joe Siddle mentioned that a five-game suspension for a starter isn't really that bad because you miss you maybe miss a start if you if you play your cards right or he might not even miss a start because if he if he appeals it that day after he makes his start in Baltimore or against Baltimore misses five games he can come back in a couple or whenever the next game that he would be scheduled to start in and he can just pitch and it 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 wouldn't be that bad he might not even miss any time at worst he misses a start not even misses a start I mean Steven Matz is technically not on the rotation right now so he could take Matz's uh, position in the rotation after the suspension is up but the point is is it, it the suspension 
in and of itself is a joke, but thankfully it's not like Alec Manoa's going to miss too much time because he'll either get it reduced or he'll make the start, withdraw the appeal, and then just pitch normally. Yeah, I'd be more uh, I'd be more shocked if it got, I guess, reduced. I think, Mark, you're right. It kind of just seems like it's going to be upheld. And yeah, realistically, it isn't as bad as it, like, it sounds because it is five games, as Jacob just explained the... I guess how it's literally just to start at the worst, but the Jays can reshuffle the rotation. He Jacob also mentioned Steven Matz still has to clear COVID protocols before he can rejoin the rotation. So they can get creative there and kind of maybe push people and figure that one out. But either way, even if it, I was just going to say, I, I was shocked. I was, um, I was driving somewhere and I was actually listening to it on the radio when they were, when they broke it, when it was breaking and I was completely shocked by the punishment, the suspension, and here's the thing too, as you guys mentioned, kind of, even if it was intentional, um, and you understand the circumstances, he's pissed off, he gave up two home runs, but even if it was intentional, like, it was it really worth this five-game suspension? Like, he was already tossed number one without a warning, and we've seen that all the time. I feel like there's been so many situations, especially as Jays fans, where we've seen the benches clear with no matter who it is, going back to whatever year it was, you don't really see an ejection without a warning. And then if that does happen, you don't see a five game suspension. So, I mean, in case you guys didn't know the MLB this year, in terms of the umpiring and I guess these, these new protocols for sticky stuff, it's been very uh, interesting. A lot of people call it a joke. A lot of people call it embarrassing that you're talking about sticky stuff and not the actual game. So, and especially the strike zone this year at times, it's been, it's been all over the place. It has been. So in terms of the MLB kind of finding a way to, not screw it up, but just be very questionable with their decisions. I'm not surprised by that, but I still am because it was a five-game suspension. I, I couldn't believe it. So uh, you are right, Jacob. He is slated to start game two, uh, which is Friday. Uh, and then Matt Harvey starts for Baltimore. So he does get another shot at Baltimore. We know how things got heated. He's probably, I guess, motivated too to kind of have a bounce-back outing. And who knows where it goes after Friday. If he does end up appealing it or drop it, either way, uh, I'd be shocked if it was reduced. I think he w- probably will likely miss a start. If not, the Jays can get creative. But either way, probably going to be around five games. Uh, I'm not expecting it to get any lower. But the point is, um, is it's not suspension worthy because it, it really isn't when you look at it. Yes, it could have been maybe the heat of the moment, but he was ejected without a warning. And I think that says enough. It's just very shocking that uh, Major League Baseball decided to kind of go in this direction and um, I don't even know if he cut. I don't even know if Manoa had a hearing for this or anything. I think it just kind of came out suddenly. And then, of course, you see the uh, manager suspensions that come along with it. That one I wasn't surprised about because obviously it follows the Manoa suspension. It's already over. Like Montoyo served it in Game One of Miami, and that was probably the smartest thing to do. Not even bother appealing it. It was just one game. So glad that's out of the way. But for Alec Manoa, yeah, just very shocking to see that he was actually suspended for this. And um, who knows what happens now, but I do hope he does have a bounce back outing on Friday. And I do hope out, I do hope he strikes out Freddie Galvis. Yeah. It's not that it's a big deal that he's suspended. Like he's probably just going to have his start pushed back one day. Like it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's just frustrating to look at it and realize he kind of did nothing wrong and yet he's being punished for it. So yeah, it's not that it's going to affect the Blue Jays bottom line. It's just stupid. It's just another thing that Major League Baseball is making a dumb decision on. Um, Okay, I think that's everything we have to talk about this week. 
a shorter episode for sure, but less to talk about than in previous weeks. So thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. As always, you can find us on social media at Section138Pod. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Section138Pod. You can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing. And then lastly, if you aren't yet aware, our episodes are available to watch on YouTube if you prefer to consume Blue Jays content that way. Um, So we'll be back after this series against the Orioles, hopefully continuing the Blue Jays winning streak. We'll catch you. Thank you, Robot. Everybody's got the cousin in Miami. Everybody's got a cousin in Miami. Everybody is.